but I have it on. Um, uh, is anyone going to watch the Super Bowl tonight? Uh, any 49er fans? Anyone pulling for the 49ers? Okay, any, any Chief fans? Who, who's, just be honest, who's super disappointed that the Detroit Lions aren't playing this year? I see a couple hands. Thank you. That made me feel a whole lot better. Hey, real quickly, at Christ Point, one of the things that oftentimes we talk about is that we want to point people to Jesus. And one of the ways that we do that is by experiencing authentic community. And I just want to say kudos to you because last week, one of the things that I noticed when uh, I left and walked out into the, the hallway of what looks like a train station, uh, it just was cool to see everyone uh, chatting it up and interacting. And you guys just kept on talking. Like, and you wouldn't stop. Like, it got to the point where we needed to flash the lights and ask you to leave. And uh, I just thought that was cool. I know it sounds silly, but oftentimes uh, relationships are built when we are intentional, and it takes time uh, to do that. So kudos to you for spending time uh, together last week. Um, who here has ever played the game of life? All right. A number of you have. It had been a long time since I played the game of life, and so uh, the other day, Noah, my middle child, said, Dad, can we get the game of life for a project? And I said, no. And he went and asked Melissa, and uh, apparently she said yes, because <laughs> here it is. That's totally cool. Uh, but I was reminded when it came in the mail why I didn't want to uh, have the game of life in our house. A couple of reasons. Uh, three come to mind. The first was in the, uh, the bottom right-hand corner here. It says, and pets. To your life and I thought who needs more pets in their life no no one no one if you have a dog you probably don't want another one they're a lot of work it's like having another child that's one of the reasons uh, the second reason is it's very small print you can't see it from your seat but it says adult assembly required and so typically when I see that I'm like I'm out I guess not, not the game for me. But the third reason that I learned uh, just the other day was when I was talking to Amelia at the breakfast table, and she was like, uh, Dad, I played the game of life with, uh, with Noah, and uh, I got married and had children. What? Like, no, no, that, that is never okay. Like, we are putting that game away. I had this picture of uh, a father and the bride, or a father of the bride, when they're sitting at the, the, the table, and, the, and the, the, the woman is like, all of a sudden, a little girl, and she's like, Daddy, I met a man, and we're getting married. And Steve Martin's like, oh, no. Uh, I had that picture as I listened to Amelia explain uh, this game. It's an interesting game if, if you haven't played it before, and it sounds like a number of you have, but I started looking through these cards in the game of life. This is, I think, like experiences that are, are good for us to have. And I started looking at them, and I'm like, well, this is kind of cool. Like, get a pool. Like, who doesn't want to get a pool, especially in Charlotte? Uh, th this, this card right here says, fired for sneaking your cat into work. Or, or if you ask me, just fired for having a cat. If that's, oh, apparently we have some cat people that are offended. Uh, ski trip. Like, that's fun. Who doesn't want a ski trip? And then uh, learn to skydive, which is fun. And then my favorite, amusement park in Dubai. Like, who doesn't want to go to an amusement park in Dubai? I started thinking about the game, and I thought, you know, they're kind of painting a picture for uh, this wonderful life 
uh, that, uh, that you and me, that we should have, that we should experience. And then I, I started thinking about the life that, uh, that God wants us to experience, the life that God uh, calls us uh, to experience, the life that God equips us uh, to experience. And, and this life that Scripture talks about, that God allows us to experience, is, is literally the, the, the best life that we could ever experience. It's the life of following after Jesus. It is life as the people of God. And so this morning, I want us to think together about how God calls us uh, to this life. What does that life look like as we pursue life with God? And then I want to talk really specifically about uh, about a way that we pursue that together, because we are in this series called One Another, looking at some of the one another's in Scripture. And so th- those three things, I want us to think together about how God calls us to the life, um, how he uh, wants us to walk or live through this life, and then one real practical way that we can do that is a people. So the first thing that I want us uh, to know is that God has called us uh, to life with him. God's called us to life with him. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians uh, chapter 4. I want to look at verses 1 and 2 with you. Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verses uh, 1 and 2. Uh, the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, this church that had been uh, divided in many ways culturally. Jews and Gentiles have come together under the umbrella of Christ. And so the first really three uh, chapters in the book of Ephesians is this rich theological work that Paul's talking about. And then, uh, and then after that, he, he wants to paint a picture for what does it look like practically uh, for us to follow after God. And so Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 read, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. So first thing, you have been called by God. God uh, chose you. He called your name. He identified you. He has called you out, and he's called you to a high calling. I don't know if you've ever had an experience in life where you have been identified or you've been called or someone noticed something in you and said you're the man for the job or you're the woman for the job. But when that happens, oftentimes we experience joy. If you've ever tried out for a sports team before and had the coach post who made the team and you see your name on the list, man, that feels good. If you've ever tried out for a play at school and you've read for the part and you leave and you're going, I don't know if I made it or not. Like, I think it went well, but I'm not positive. And the next day you go to school and you look in the hallway uh, where all the parts are posted and, and you find your name and you think, yes, like I made it. If anyone's ever come up to you and said, I would love to take you out for dinner. And you feel like, like someone has noticed you, right? And they want to be with you. That just fills your heart with joy. When you interview for a job and HR calls you back and they say, listen, we've had a number of candidates who have applied for this job, but we think you are the perfect person for it. Man, that fills your heart with joy. It feels good to be chosen. And the God of the universe. The God of the universe uh, chose you. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, blessed be the God and Father 
of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Verse 4, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. God has chosen you, and because he chose you, uh, you are significant. You're significant. Uh, You are not some backup uh, that God has called to sit on the sidelines and watch as everyone else gets to experience the joy of playing the game. No, God has called you He's called your number. He's called your name. He invites you into what he is doing around the world for his name's sake. And there is no greater joy in the world than to be a part of what God is doing. So Paul reminds the church, it's you and me, that God uh, called you. He chose you. Secondly, the thing that we notice is that we have been called uh, to walk a certain way, to walk in a way worthy of the calling uh, to which you have been called. We, you and me, are God's representatives here on earth. Think about that. God, in his infinite wisdom, said, I've got an idea, I've got a plan, I've decided for you to represent me here on this earth. Doesn't that blow your mind? I mean, that, that's crazy to think. Admittedly, there are times where I think to myself, like, Lord, is this, is this the best you could have come up with? Like, like me? Like, you want me to represent you here on this earth? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says, Therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors, or we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We, you and me, are God's ambassadors here on earth. Doesn't that blow your mind? I don't know about you, but uh, there are times when I don't know if I do a great job of that. There are times when I think to myself, boy, I hope no one else is watching. A couple months ago, uh, my family and I were at PDQ. We were having lunch And uh, we were standing in line, and we had waited for a little while. We made our way to the front of the line. And I don't remember uh, who it was, but one of my my children, I think one of my boys, was standing next to me, and uh, they they weren't quite sure what they wanted to order. And I don't know why, but I I was having one of those days. Uh, You probably have never had one of those days before, but I was... I was a little irritable at the moment. I was a little, I was a little frustrated. My, my patience meter was on E. And, and what I wanted to say was they have chicken or chicken. Just order some chicken. If you want three pieces of chicken or four pieces of chicken or five pieces of chicken, I don't care just order the chicken. And I feel this conversation brewing inside of me. And I just had gotten to the point where I was about to use my gift of sarcasm when I heard the nice lady at the register say, are you James? (laughs) 
And I said, uh, yes, yes, I am. And she said, are you the pastor at Christ Point? And I said, well, the Lord bless you. <laughs> yes, yes, as a matter of fact, I am. And she's like, I know you probably don't recognize me, but she's like, sometimes I come in early and will watch the kids on Sunday morning. And I thought, oops. I was reminded in that moment that uh, wherever I go, wherever I go, I'm representing uh, the God that I follow. I'm I'm a representative of Christ here on earth. And here's the deal. um, You are too. You are too. And so people are watching. They're watching... uh, the way that you live and how you talk and how you speak and how you interact with others. And so Paul writes to this church and he says, listen, God's called you to a high calling. Um, So walk in a way worthy of of the calling to which he has called you. And you think to yourself, okay, well, what what does that look like? What what does it look like to live that kind of life? And Paul uh, says in verse 2, well, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. So Paul mentions these four qualities, humility, gentleness, patience, and then bearing with one another in love. It's that fourth one that I want us to think together about this morning, because as I mentioned, we're in a series called One Another. Um, We really believe as a church that one of the ways that we point people to Jesus is that we experience authentic community. And time and time again, the New Testament paints a picture for us of what that actually looks like by giving us these one another statements. These are are things that we should be pursuing as the people of God as we interact with each other. And this one here says, bearing with one another in love. Bearing with one another in love. And so what does it look like for us to to bear with one another in love? Um, Earlier this week on Monday, uh, it was the end of the day. Melissa and I had uh, put the kids into bed, and we, we crawled into bed. We hadn't talked all day. Uh, we were both running pretty hard, and we were, we were working. But I was thinking about this message, this idea of bearing with one another in love. And so I started thinking about, well, what are the things that, that other people um, have to put up with when, <laughs> when it comes to me? Like, how do other people have to bear with me? And so, um, Melissa, I hadn't really talked all day. We crawl into bed, and I, and I kind of lean over, and I said, Melissa, I said, what are three things that I do that annoy you? Yeah, that's kind of what I heard. And she said, James, why are you asking me that question? And I said, well, I'm doing this message on, on, on Sunday about bearing with one another. And Melissa said, oh, no, no. No, I'm not going to answer that. And I was like, no, no, like, 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 tell me. And then she did something very Jesus-like. She turned the question on me. And she said, well, James, how would you answer it? And I was like, well, that's, that's a good question. And I thought of a couple things right off the bat. <laughs> I, uh, I thought, well, my, my non-answers are pretty annoying. Uh, occasionally, someone will ask me a question, and instead of giving them a straight answer, I'll... I'll I'll talk around the question, but I'll never really give a response. And so Melissa will say, James, do you want to go to, um, you know, to Chick-fil-A for dinner, or do you want to go to Chipotle? And I'll say, well, Chick-fil-A has great service. 
You know, I mean, the, the chicken there, it's classic. The waffle fries are decent. I love when they say, my pleasure. You know, they say, may I refresh your beverage? So great service at Chick-fil-A. A Chipotle is probably healthier for me. I usually will have the salad with, with the chicken. And, and I, I like to get guac. It costs extra, but they always tell me that it's going to cost extra. And I just say yes. And I like, they have good Coke there. And so I'll have this conversation. And she'll be like, James, you didn't answer my question. Like, what, A or B? Like Chick-fil-A or Chipotle. So I go, I think that's pretty annoying when I do that. My non-answers, those aren't helpful. And then I thought about it for another second, and I said, and you know what? I said, sometimes at home, when I come home, I'll take, like, my receipts out of my pocket, and I'll put them on the kitchen counter or the mail. I'll get the mail from outside, and there's you know, some junk mail and a bill or two, and I'll set the mail on the counter. And I said, sweetie, I know how, how important it is for you to keep the counters clean, like, I know it really kind of bothers you when I leave stuff out. I go, that's probably pretty annoying. But I said, you know what? I can't think of a third thing. Um, and I said, can you think of anything? And she goes, well, you know, I, I think I would probably need a few days to think about it. And I go, that's a good sign. I mean, just the fact that it would take you a few days to think of a third thing that I do that annoys you, I mean, that bodes well for me. And she said, or I just need to narrow it down. <laughs> we haven't talked since. It's been, it's been kind of a quiet house. Hey, listen, there are things that I do that are, uh, that are annoying. And there are things that I do or say or ways that I operate that if you had to live with me, uh, it, would, it would drive me nuts. Uh, but here's the thing, um, you do too. You know, you have, uh, you have stuff, and uh, so do I. Sometimes these things that bother us are personality quirks. Uh, sometimes they're blind spots. Uh, sometimes occasionally it's, it's just sin that we haven't addressed or dealt with in life. And so we all wrestle with this. We, we find common ground in, in knowing that there are things that we say or do that make it difficult for others um, to, to deal with us. Cademan, uh, just the other day, said, Dad, what are you preaching on uh, Sunday? And I said, well, I'm talking about bearing with one another. And he says, well, well what do you mean by that? What do you mean bearing with one another? And I say, well, it's kind of like how do you put up with one another? Like, how do you put up with one another when you have differences and when there are things that you do that, uh, that annoy you? Scripture, when it talks about this idea of bearing with one another, kind of paints a picture for us in terms of what that means. In the Old Testament, when Scripture talks about the life of Job, it talked about Job uh, bearing with the suffering that he experienced, bearing the, the suffering that he went through. In the New Testament, uh, or in the Old Testament, it, it talks about God bearing with his people when we are disobedient. In the New Testament, Paul talks about uh, bearing with uh, persecution or this idea of enduring persecution. Here, uh, Paul is uh, referring to what does it look like for believers to interact with each other in such a way that we're willing to extend grace to one another 
um, instead of getting so frustrated with each other that we check out. Um, what oftentimes can happen if we're not careful in the church is that we do a pretty good job interacting with each other for 30 or 60 seconds on Sunday morning because we can fake it for a minute or two. We, we can smile and be cordial and be kind, but oftentimes what happens is when we spend time with each other and we really get to know one another, uh, when we're around someone, when they're standing in line at PDQ and they're a little frustrated with their kids, uh, when we spend time at someone's table and, and watch a couple interact who may be tired or stressed, when we see parents interact with their children or children interact with their parents, when, they, when we see other people uh, do life over the long haul, um, you start to see things that bother you or that annoy you. And so how is it that you and I can learn to tolerate those differences and not simply tap out when we experience those differences? There's two things that I want to suggest to you that are helpful uh, for me and I think will be helpful uh, for you. Uh, the first thing is to remember that you too have issues. Like you have stuff. Like you have uh, junk uh, th that makes it difficult for other people uh, to sometimes deal with you. I think about Jesus's words in Matthew chapter 7 verse 3 when he says, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And so I, I try to remember in my interaction with others when I experience something that bothers me or that irritates me, that I, I just have my own stuff. There are things that I say and do that make it difficult for other people uh, to deal with me. I wrote down a few of them as I thought about this. I thought, you know, something that I do sometimes that's annoying for others is that I repeat questions even when I heard them the first time. Someone will say, James, how are you doing today? And I'll say, how am I doing today? And they're like, yes, I just asked you that question. But I'm, I'm trying to buy time. I'm trying to figure out how I want to respond. Well, sometimes that bothers other people. There are other times I rely on Melissa to be a walking calendar for me. Even though I have a phone uh, with a calendar, a computer with a calendar, and an actual hard copy that's a calendar. And I can write things down and see them. But sometimes I just go, hey, what time was Noah's dentist appointment? Three o'clock, James. And then a couple hours later, I'll be like, what time was his appointment again? She'll be like, still 3 o'clock, James. And then a little later, I'll say, just one more time. And she's like, James, like, you, can, you can write this down like this. It doesn't have to be this way. I know that that's, uh, that's annoying. Um, when Melissa and I go over to someone's house or we go to a party, I have a window of two and a half hours that I can stay. Like, I, I it's not you, it's me. Um, I can stay for about two and a half hours, and at some point I'll, I'll reach over to Melissa, and I will tap her on the knee two or three times, which is code for like, 
peace out. Like, I'm ready to roll. And it's not because I, I don't like you or because of anything someone said. It's just like, that's just my window. I, 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 need, I need to break. I need to get away. Sometimes I'm able to see on both sides of the same coin when someone just wants to know if it's heads or tails. That's annoying. Uh, there, there are times in life where I can be ambivalent toward a whole lot of things, but then there are a select few times when I am so stubborn about things that don't even really matter. That's annoying. That, that makes it difficult for other people um, to interact with me and spend time. I know it annoys you. You don't have to say amen. I know it. If you know me, you've seen some of these things. Here's the deal. Um, you have those issues too. Like some of you uh, may work too much or you don't know how to relax and just chill out. Some of you might be too uptight or you procrastinate or you uh, complain or you are impossible to please. Uh, maybe you hold uh, grudges easily or you point out problems, but you don't necessarily want to move and press in and fix them. Maybe you're a pessimist or you're a one-upper or you think the grass is always greener on the other side. Listen, I don't know what your thing is, and if I did, I wouldn't necessarily tell you in this context, primarily because last week we talked about encouraging one another, and I don't want to blow up that talk. Uh, but here's the thing, like... We just have stuff, right? And so I think to myself, James, when, when, when you get easily irritated or when you see things in others that bother you, just remember, just remember that you have your own stuff too. Right? And so the second thing that I think it's important to remember is that God uh, bears with you. Right? God bears with you. He has no reason to. We didn't earn it or deserve it, but, but God beautifully loves us and cares for us and puts up with all of our personality quirks and our shortcomings, and he does it all of the time. God daily, daily, daily extends grace to you when you don't deserve it. He daily offers his kindness. He is daily patient with his people. He daily uh, bears with us, with you and with me. So listen, listen, God has called uh, you to experience life with him. He's called you to experience life with him. He's called uh, your name. He's called your name, and he wants you to walk in a manner worthy of his calling. And so what would it look like if we, if you and me, if we as a people uh, would bear with one another in love? Um, that uh, would be a beautiful, beautiful thing to experience. And I pray by God's grace he would allow us to be uh, that kind of people.